Hello, this is Mike Ghetto and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hop Union. This is the 17th episode of our podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. It's Hall of Fame week, and one of the inductees this week is Vladimir Guerrero. And for those of us who grew up watching him, he was a great free spirit. He was an entrepreneur when it comes to baseball, the way he would swing at anything that uh, was that didn't bounce off of the ground, and maybe even then he hit a few balls oh, yeah. uh, that bounced. Um, and so we're, we're very privileged and, 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 and pleased to be um, talking with Hugues Dumontier today. He is a brewer in Montreal, and the name of his brewery is Dio du Ciel. And uh, we're very excited to have him because it's been a long time since Montreal has had baseball. So we can talk about Vladimir in the old days of the Expos, but we can also talk about what's going on in the brewing scene in Quebec. And we're extremely pleased uh, to have him today. But before we get started, uh, Steve, we're in the last few days of the trading deadlines. Uh, the Mariners are still in the thick of things. And uh, the Yankees are loading up. The Dodgers have loaded up. Uh, what, what's going to happen with the Mariners? I'm not sure what's going to happen. I am sure something's going to happen because with Jerry DePoto as the general manager, you know that he's looking for some uh, extra talent out there. My guess he's looking for help uh, pitching, uh, mainly starting pitching. Uh, with uh, Paxton's, uh, he's making us all a little bit nervous here with his delayed return from the uh, disabled list. And uh, with Felix struggling, uh, you know he's probably going to target some starting pitching. Uh, I just don't know who yet, but I know he'll come up with somebody. Well, the, the question is whether or not he trades for anybody, and he trades away a Randy Johnson for a Mark Langston, which is what happened uh, back in, uh, was it 1980-something, or when was that? It, it was the early 80s where we sent Mark Langston to the Expos. Yes, exactly. And, yep. and ended up with Johnson and a couple other really uh, – Pretty decent pitchers as well. That's the amazing thing about this time of year is not only the the next three months, but what happens in the years following these trades. Yep. Well, we're we're very pleased to have uh, Hugues Dumontier with us, but we're also very happy to have our uh, Eastern Canada uh, Regional Sales Manager Luke Belio with us. Uh, Luke, I hope I got that correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, uh, but we're 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 quite excited to talk about uh, what's going on in Quebec. So uh, you tell us a little bit about your brewery, uh Dio de Ciel, and welcome to our podcast. Yeah, uh, our brewery um, it opened as, as a brew pub at first. Uh, that was in nineteen ninety eight. And uh, since then, uh, we opened a microbrewery in uh, Saint-Jérôme, just outside of Montreal, uh, in 2007. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it's like the, the beer movement itself is just getting bigger and sells more and uh, having, uh, having different, uh, different kind of beer and having fun brewing them. So, yeah. Luke, uh, Luke brought some beer with him. He's visiting us here in Yakima th this week, and he's brought some wonderful beer. Maybe Luke uh, and you tell us what we're drinking, but it's a really good stout, I can tell you that. Yeah, it's pretty well known in the U.S. It's called Peche Mortel, that means mortal sin. Uh, it's a beer uh, that would brew, I think the first time was in 2001, if I'm correct. And uh, it's really, really well known in the U.S. and all over the world. Every, every year they're doing a Peche Day, 
where they are brewing like maybe six or seven different variants and sending them all over the world. So it's a Imperial Coffee Stout, uh, one of the first ones that were, that were brewed in, uh, in the world. And uh, a lot of people from the U.S. and from all over the world were, were traveling to go to Dieu du Ciel to try the, this beer in particular. It's their flagship beer. It's really well known everywhere in the world. This, I think, Mike, this is the first stout we've had on these podcasts. I and think it's, so. uh, it's a great starter. I, I really enjoy a good coffee stout, and this is an excellent one. I can see why it's their flagship beer and why people go to Montreal just to drink it. Uh, you got, when did you start uh, making this beer, and uh, how did you come up with the recipe for it? Yeah, um, I mean, the, the master brewer is uh, Jean-François Gradel. He's the one who uh, made all the recipe, and uh, he's uh, the founder of, uh, of the brewery. And he came out with the idea in 2001. Um, the thing was, at, you know, first there was a lot of, like, not a lot of them, but there was some porter or other black beer with, uh, with coffee, but... Uh, it, it often tastes a little um, uh, watery, or so. I think what he tried to do with that beer is to make it uh, like stronger and to have uh, more balance at the end, like with the alcohol content and also um, a little more uh, sweetness in the beer. So uh, I think it's it's kind of a a lot of extremes flavor that makes it uh, balance and I think that's what uh, what you taste right now it's a it's a extreme beer but really well balanced that was mm -hmm. the purpose of it so it's nine and a half percent alcohol, and that wasn't because uh, because the uh, expos left Montreal and you had to drink beer to forget was it uh, you <laughs> yeah it's it's a sad uh, it's a sad era in uh, Montreal, a sad time when uh, we left our team. And uh, yeah, remember that. Vladimir Guerrero is the, um, probably the last uh, uh, star that, uh, we, uh, that we had. And uh, you know, we left the team the same year, like uh, the, the, the same year that the team left and uh, became uh, successful uh, in LA after that. But, uh, with the angels, but uh, yeah, it was uh, uh, it was quite something to uh, to watch. I uh, had the, the chance to watch him play, and he was a special one, uh, really spectacular player. Yeah, and uh, yep. Yeah. So, I, I know it's a small. I know it's a very small consolation, but. His son is coming up through the Toronto organization, so at least you have a chance to see him play in Canada, even though it's a little farther south. Yeah. He, played, he played this year in Montreal um, preseason. Hit a home run. Hit a I home remember run. watching and that they won, game. And they won the game yeah. at nine, the ninth inning. Yeah. He was the last player, and he, he, he made a home run. So, yeah, it's uh, was brought back great memories. Uh -huh. Vladimir's from the Dominican Republic, right? That's it. I think so. I mean, yeah. It's quite a, quite a history, actually. I mean, you had uh, Felipe Lou, I think, was the manager of that 94 team that That's was it. in first place and the first uh, Dom Rep-born uh, uh, manager in the major yep. leagues. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, of course. 
Pedro Martinez. Yep. Yep. I mean, yep. my goodness, some good players went through there. And uh, Felipe Alou's son. Moises. Moises, yeah. Moises yeah, yeah. actually was playing too. Uh, yeah, played yeah. left field for That's him. It. Yeah. Oh, some great teams up there. I mean, uh, you know, you think back in time to the Le Grand Orange, right? Yeah, uh, Rusty, Rusty Staub, you know, so uh, <laughs> some great players. Yeah, but, uh, Gary, yeah. Carter, Gary Carter. The 81 uh, edition was pretty good too. Gary yeah. Carter, Andre Dawson. Andre Dawson, Warren Tim Promarty, Wallach, Tim yeah. Wallach. Uh, there was a lot of great players during the years. Yeah. And it was the strikes that killed them. You yeah. know, the two of them, 81 and yeah. 94. Yeah. And then those were the exactly. only two years that uh, the Expos were really in great shape. Yeah. Did you grow up in uh, Montreal, Hugo? Or were, were you a lifelong baseball fan, or did, was that something that developed over time? Um, yeah, the thing is, I. I First memory I got of baseball was watching the 1980s, uh, 1980, 1981 team. Uh, they were, it was like the big thing in Montreal uh, in those days. And uh, we, I think there were some epic uh, games against the Pirates that were really good also at the time and in the same division. And so... And I, but I was, um, I used to go more when uh, when I moved in the city. I was watching on TV and I was playing in my backyard. And uh, and but uh, uh, when I went to the Big O, it was, uh, I know that uh, a lot of people hate the Big O, but I think it's, it was a great stadium in, the, in those days to uh, watch. Uh, a baseball game and the, the place is full and uh, it was there was a great atmosphere over there so uh, yeah great memories of uh, those uh, like 80s uh, yeah beginning of the 80s was we had a good team and uh, it was spectacular also uh, we were playing uh, you know a fast uh, game with a lot of it was not only home run but there was a lot of uh, 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 still, uh, they, they were stealing. You had Tim Raines. Yeah. Tim Raines, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was some, yeah, uh, some great players. Was, uh, now, it's a pity. It's a pity yeah, uh, and, and that, that uh, the Expos ended up going to uh, to Washington, D.C. after that uh, 2004 season. So, well, Montreal, they deserve, yeah. they, they deserve a team up there. I, No matter which major league ballpark I go to, and I've been to about half of them, you always see the old Montreal Expo baseball hats. Yeah. So there's still that memory still lings and lingers, and uh, I'm sure at some point uh, Montreal will get their own baseball club. So I got a, I got a trivia question for you, Steve. This is you probably know this one, um, but who's <coughs> the last player still playing that had played for the Montreal Expos? I know. Luke, you're going to have to save me here. Yeah, it's, I know. It's, uh, uh, I know it's, it's a pitcher. It's, and, uh, it's Bartolo Colon. You got it. That's two. Okay, there's, there's, a, there's a fan. All right. Very good. You, 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 get, a, you get a box of hops for free for that one. So. <laughs> Big what sexy. What's weird about yeah, this one is he was already old when, when he arrived in Montreal. That's it. He's one of those guys that comes into baseball 40 years old, and 20 years later he's still 40 years old. So. <laughs> 
he is able to throw the ball as hard as he can with the act and locate it, yep. uh, it's just beyond me. He is a fun guy to watch. He's I, fun to watch. I remember the uh, video, was it last year or the year before when he hit his first home run? Oh, yeah. That, that's yep. just an all-time <laughs> classic. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Yep, no, it was a lot of fun. Well, well you maybe uh, you and Luke, Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the beer scene in Quebec and Montreal specifically. I mean, these are great beers. You're a craft brewer, and uh, I, I kind of remember when I was growing up, and you know, I'm in my mid fifties, but uh, craft beer, kind of cool beer, growing up in Minnesota was Molson and Labatt's Blue, yeah. right? And uh, you know, those were those were more special beers than what you could find in general in the United States back when I was in when I turned twenty one. Uh, so, you know, what's going on up in Quebec? Yeah, this, the, the scene started pretty quickly in the 90s with Unibrew. Uh, that it's pretty well known. All the, f- all the first breweries that were built in um, in Quebec were like Belgian-based beer. Mm-hmm. A lot of, uh, you know, double, triple, things like that. But it changed a lot uh, in the last 10 years. And we're now uh, approaching the 200 uh, mark 200 breweries different breweries in Quebec wow so it's it's pretty well uh, the scene is amazing and the thing is that we're really near places like Vermont Maine that got these great IPA based beer and hop forward beer so we're really at in the middle of a scene that's completely uh, incredible and uh, the business is going really well for those breweries. Well, I mean, you know, obviously you've got uh, you, uh, you know, Quebec French food is, is different than yeah. the continent, right? And it's it's a hearty fare. Mm-hmm. And and it but it's it's very much part of a uh, this local food, local foodie culture and I know your wife is really big into that yeah. as well and and is that is that all part of that whole evolution as well that Yeah, there's a lot there? there's a lot uh, of breweries, a lot of breweries are opening with restaurant and team food. Mm-hmm. Uh, related to beer and everything, it's it's uh, it's going pretty well at the uh, right now in Montreal and everywhere. Even in Quebec, there's a lot of uh, Quebec City. There's a lot of uh, restaurants opening, and that that are building their menu around their beers. So and it's fun. And, and you you have two two locations, correct? In uh, in Montreal in the Montreal area, one in Montreal and one in Saint Germain. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. The 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 first one was only a brew pub, like. Really small, uh, an hundred thousand place, um, and with a really small kitchen too. And it's um, you know the place is still the same after we're gonna celebrate the 20th anniversary uh, this year, and the place hasn't changed that much. So uh, every time uh, there's a tourist coming and they they're really amazed at how small is the is the bar and how kind of old it, it is. It's and so to produce a little more, we had to move, uh, not to move, but to open another place uh, outside Montreal, which is uh, like in St. Jean, it's like 45 minutes north. And uh, yeah, and uh, so this is where we do like the all the production, like for the bottles and beer that we sell. Uh, even in the states and uh, all, all around the world now, and um, yeah, that's uh, we we um, it's uh, we, we grow really fast, and like most of the breweries that uh, 
uh, in the state. It's, it's the same thing, and uh, it's getting more and more popular now in Quebec. Um, for a long time, craft beer was still something like more uh, trend, like trendy, but for a certain uh, certain crowd. But now it's it's like mainstream. It's everywhere and. Uh, grocery stores and uh, every bar and restaurant wants a microbrewery now. So it, 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 it takes such... a long time because the market was kind of closed and people didn't know that much that there was uh, the beer movement outside of Quebec. So it, it grows uh, a little slowly. And uh, now it's, uh, it's just... Uh, just uh, overwhelming. There's so many breweries and good beer everywhere, especially in Montreal, but also a lot of the new breweries are opening uh, more on the countryside, and they are, uh, there's a lot of uh, really good beer. So good in, in your San Jerome uh, facility or other, other breweries in Quebec or brew pubs, is it something where it's uh, it's it's you know couples coming in or are there families coming in? Do people bring their dog in? You know, and, and, and all of that or what 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 sort of a what sort of a vibe is there or a, an environment is there when people are coming into your your craft brewery or or, or others yeah. there? What's uh, what, people coming in to drink beer? What are they What are they like? Yeah, at, at first it's, it's kind of a little different. Like for our place. Uh, kitchen is not as important so it's not always like people coming like a restaurant but this is more like a bar mm -hmm. and also the, the law are kind of strict like for certain certain stuff like bringing uh, like you know there's no kids allowed or you know you can't bring your dog and stuff like that it's, uh, I know that it's uh, popular on the west coast but with more uh, even even that. even in Vermont yeah. and places like that, it's really trendy to bring your dogs and kids and everything. The laws in Quebec are, yeah. are are pretty different. That's surprising to me. Without knowing, I would have thought Europe is more open and yeah, you know, drink different drinking ages and all that sort of thing. No, but the alcohol uh, laws are pretty uh, pretty strong and pretty pretty yeah. pretty complicated. But uh, the uh, the pub in Montreal is really really small. Mm -hmm. And they're still, uh, you know, brewing there, but they're brewing one-off beers and trials and things like that. Mm -hmm. And when it's coming really popular, they're transferring the, the production to Saint-Jérôme mm -hmm. to make bottles and things like that. But this, the place is, like, really, really small. There may be, I think there's, it's maybe less than 100 person that can ah. go inside. So it's pretty, it's a small place. So you guys, so what percentage of your your output are you uh, selling on site, and how much are you bottling or canning, and then and then distributing through that th those distribution channels? I I, I think uh, I'm not sure of the number, but I think it's around eighty percent of what we produce in Saint Jérôme that is bottled. Okay. Uh, and we sell maybe twenty per another twenty percent in, um, in in cakes for bars, and I we have one way cake too, and we sell a lot of beer outside. Um, for the exportation, it's around like 
I think it's around 15% of, of the production or uh, that is that we sell outside uh, because for some reason we were already popular in the States when like a lot of people didn't know us in, in Quebec because we don't do uh, traditional ad advertisement. So, and with the internet now, you know, like everybody is, uh, you know, know, like if there's a good beer anywhere in the world, you're going to know essentially about it or hear about it. And we, we were, uh, when we started, we were at the beginning of the internet. And like Station Hotel is a good example of that, what, what uh, the web can do for a product. Um, we uh, ended up being like, I think it was like number two in the world or something like that on the radio. Hmm. And this is when like the buzz comes at some point. Pesci Motel, it's there a really like good a beer. Are you, are your exports and, uh, almost all to the U.S.? Or are you sending some back to Europe or to you know, brands specifically? Or what, what are your target, what are your export markets for your beer at? Um, it was, it was, at first it was mostly in the U.S. And uh, now we, uh, we have, we sell also in Europe. Uh, and uh, in France is getting, uh, uh, we have some good contact there. And the scene is just like popping from nothing like in Paris. Uh, we, uh, we are really busy going there and try to uh, uh, yeah, open some places over there and they are uh, really open to uh, to the beer scene and uh, so uh, yeah it's uh, we, uh, we we still like mostly sell uh, in the US I think it's the biggest export uh, market that we still have but also when we sell in uh, other provinces uh, in Canada it's kind of complicated too because it's almost the same, you know, you get through the same troubles that... Well, province to province, you have different country. regulations yeah. and laws. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's really hard to sell uh, in Ontario or in BC. Uh, so we do it, but, uh, it's, you know, it's the same process. It's exactly the same process for us. Hmm. Yeah. That makes it a little bit challenging, yes. That's it. <laughs> I mean, Luke, what... what, what yeah, yeah, Luke, you've been with uh, Yakima Chief Hop Union now for six months. Six months. What's been uh, surprising to you so far in your territory, in in, uh, in particular in Quebec and uh, and do you in Ontario? I mean, what do you see going on up there? That's uh, you know surprises you, good or bad? Yeah, everything is pretty surprising. Uh, everything is so. Uh, everyone is so welcoming to the company. Um, you know, there were pretty hops are really hard to find in Quebec mm -hmm. and since I'm from Quebec and I'm you know now more educated about it it's pretty fun to see all the faces out and all the welcoming people that are really open to the products and the, 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 the things that we do up here in Yakima and the thing is that now all our products are available uh, it makes things really really easier for brewers to brew like amazing beers Good. That's good to know. I mean, any time we can uh, create uh, some beer-loving 
population that loves hop forward beers. Not that this isn't a bad beer. I love this. The Peche Mortel. It seems like a beer that would export well, yeah. uh, would store well, would actually age over time. Yeah. Um, I'm going to grab a bottle and, and maybe save I'm, it. I'm going yeah. to you for yeah. <laughs> okay. These are um, really Talking good, of yeah. aging beer, we just opened the bourbon barrel age version that I brought from my personal cellar. Oh, up in goodness. Montreal, so uh, it's a pretty amazing beer. They're, they're, they're coming off with a few variants every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty well-known beer, but every year they're doing like s- two or three different variants. And this year they came with the, the raspberry version that we have here. Last year was a, uh, the we got the special edition. It was brewed with a different coffee than usual. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the bourbon barrel and the raspberry edition are this year's. And are people brewing up there as well, uh, variations of the hazy or the New England IPA coming yeah, across sure. the border? Yeah, there's a, few br- there's a few us? brewers. There's a few brewers that are doing it, doing it really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's starting to pick up a lot. Uh, there's a, we're really influenced in Quebec and Ontario and everything. They are really influenced about what's happening in the Maine and Vermont scene. You said earlier that uh, a big tradition, which is understandable, of course, are the Belgian beers. Yeah. And so, how about the French hops like Amaris and some of these? Are the are those uh, Aramis? Are those uh, hops that you see up there? Other are continental hops We're that you're seeing up seeing there? Seeing it, but it's pretty it's pretty low scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 hops that are most used are U.S. based, like mm-hmm. Citra Mosaic. There's a lot of Citra and Mosaic going on. Uh, people are really excited uh, excited about Sabro, the new one, mm-hmm. uh, and the Cryo Hops, because they were before the Cryo Hops were really hard to find in, in Quebec, and now it's available. Yep. So people are l- really excited about trying those products now. And mm-hmm. is there the same, and, and, and you could mention that, you know, in terms of uh, social media, is there the same sort of... Uh, for lack of a better term, the beer geek culture, where there's the the ratings of beers yep. and the desire to go out and find what people are talking about. Is that yeah, there's a big, big part of it ge- as well? beer geek scene. Uh, Untapped and Rate Beer are pretty well known in Quebec, and uh, a lot of brewers and a lot of breweries are using those tools to know the response uh, to their beers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a big beer geek scene in Quebec. There's a lot of festival. There's a lot of thing going on around the scene and uh, it's just a beginning and how about this fall coming up obviously we're getting real close to harvest here we have uh, we're having our year-end uh, reviews that's why you're here and mm-hmm. all of that but we're also getting ready for our own harvest season and so will you have uh, the equivalent of Oktoberfest celebrations and harvest time celebrations on beers as well in in Quebec there's not really a b- uh, there. There's a one of the biggest festival that coming uh, during uh, the weekend of uh, Labor Day. Mm-hmm. It's September in uh, Chambly, Quebec. It's uh, really n- it's the, the the home place of Unibrew. Uh, it's one of the biggest festival there, and Judicial uh, themselves gonna do their 20th anniversary beginning of September. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of small events uh, everywhere uh, and uh, during the year. And is, is there much of a difference between Quebec and Ontario or some of the maritime provinces in terms of what's going on on the beer scene in Canada? I think the beer scene is, like, booming everywhere mm. in the eastern Canada. So there there was a lot. Uh, the maritime provinces are try. I'm sta- starting to pick up a lot. The Quebec scene was the first one to, to, to boom, but since then, Ontario have been really, really strong. 
kind of the Maritimes, are they geared toward, you know, without, are they geared towards Cascales, the <laughs> English style, or are they actually No, they're really right? good, they're really good into Saison and Oppy beers too now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's taking, uh, taking, uh, get like a good pace, but everywhere. Well, well, you thanks. Thank you very much for taking time to, uh, to, to be with us on our podcast today. I, these are really good beers. I, Absolutely. You know, you know, I, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be drinking them. I think we're going to be fighting over these few bottles we've got, <laughs> and so I know we're going to ask Luke every time he comes to Yakima <laughs> to make sure he, he's picking up some of it. But you, thank you very much for being with us, uh, Steve. Okay, so we've got a few days left here in July. Uh, the Mariners are still right in it for the uh, the wild card. I, I kind you kind of lose track, but if the if the Mariners were in the National League, they'd have the best play, the best record in the National League right now. That's pretty yeah. remarkable. Yeah, they would. But if they were in the National League, uh, Nelson Cruz wouldn't be much help. So, <laughs> true. It's it's amazing. Here we are. I think we're uh, with the victory over the Giants yesterday. I think we're 20 games over 500, and our run differentials like single digits. It's like plus one. Yeah. And uh, there's a luck. It's a question. What do you have a reversion to mean? Right. So it, it, it is. And, you know, the Mariners have had a pretty uh, steady bullpen this year. That's helped them win some one run games. They've got the best one run record in the league. Um, we, we just hope that uh, they can keep it up. Uh, they've got uh, Robinson Cano coming back here, uh, yep. I think, in about three weeks, something like that. And uh, um We'll see how it goes. Well, you know, it's, it's a, you know very pleasurable. We've got this is Canada Week on our podcast, and of mm-hmm. course Paxton, he's the big uh, the big maple, right? And uh, but he's he's from the West Coast, right? He's from uh, BC, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the big maple, uh, he's his history has been to have injury issues, and we're kind of on pins and needles right now, seeing how this uh, back issue he's uh, dealing with right now comes out, but. He, at this point, uh, is probably our ace that will probably play in that wild that card game, game if we get there. Uh, having said that, Marco Gonzalez is having a great year, too. I think he's got 10 or 11 wins, and uh, I think he will develop into an ace over time. And uh, But but right now, we've, we've really got a lot riding on uh, that back of the Big Maple. Yeah. Well, uh Next week, we're going to have uh, – I know you've been out and about with Pete and you've been looking at the hop fields, and we'll have a more complete uh, hop report. Uh, it's been hot here. It's going to be hot the next few days. It's been uh, – we've been at 100, 100 degrees more or less here for a while, and it's a yeah. little little warm out there. It, it is. It's warm. It's um, uh, always concerned this time of the year when you have extended heat. Uh, mite pressure starts to creep in. And growers are uh, employing their uh, pest protection measures to make sure that the mites don't take over. Uh, everything's in full bloom, uh, starting into cone, and and uh, that can affect things as well. But overall, things look pretty pretty good out there. Still okay for the moment. Uh, the yep. citra crop, uh, the uh, vine structure is there to support a good crop. Uh, a lot of times. Uh, uh, that doesn't materialize, but it looks good so far. And I know I know Citra is a variety that's in high demand right now. Uh, I talked to a grower in Idaho yesterday who was a little disappointed in their Simcoe crop. They had a little early bloom problem down there, and uh, that'll probably translate into some uh, challenges with Simcoe yields in Idaho this year. And the Centennial crop is uh, uh, suffering from some split bloom and, and early bloom as well, but. Uh, 
overall things are looking good. Uh, hopefully we can survive this uh, hot weather. Our listeners will be able to probably within the next week uh, check our website and check out our first uh, crop report right. uh, blog that uh, has a summary of what we're seeing out there. Well, Luke, thank you very much for joining us on our podcast. Uh, it's we're a pleasure. We're, you know, uh, it's America's pastime, but it's North America's pastime. Yeah, so, and we uh, hope that our expo is going to be back soon. That's right. Absolutely. We hope the expos are going to be back. We hope that the Blue Jays continue to do well, and uh, we hope you continue to have great success up in eastern Canada moving those ops. So I'm sure. Well, thank, thank you. you very much. I, I can't quite bring myself to wishing the Blue Jays a lot of luck right now, but uh, we hope that the expos are back in Montreal where they belong soon. That's right. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thanks.